In this episode, we're doing our Christmas special. And what could be more Christmassy than Christmas science? So we went out and searched for some very, very merry science. Did you know that they investigated what the real Santa looks like? Also, that having Christmas dinner with your in-laws has a big effect on your gut microbiota. And that Christmas is not only the happiest time of the year, but also the deadliest. I cannot wait, so let's get started. Welcome to the 72nd episode of the Struggling Scientist podcast. We are a podcast by scientists, for scientists, anybody science adjacent, and perhaps even hobbyists. My name is Susanna, and I'm here with my co-host, Cheron. Ho. Ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) We are very excited for this episode, since we found some very, very interesting Christmas science. Um, We did go out of our way to find some real science for this episode, and had to, for example, skip a really interesting genetics paper about the origin of magic that investigated the genome pattern of witches um, that somehow didn't live up to the standards uh, that we set. <laughs> but even though uh, the papers we selected contain real scientific results, we do want to give a fair warning that not all the science in this episode is going to be the most impactful or, for some of the papers, a scientifically robust type of science. When you, for example, find a paper using Christmas ornaments in a graph to indicate points, you know there were some scientists having a lot of fun that day. But that won't harm our festive mood or our Christmas cravings for more science. And we will definitely go into the details. So that means we are ready to dive into our first Christmas science topic. So for our first Christmas science topic, here comes Father Christmas. Uh, In this science topic, we will discuss the article called Does Father Christmas Have a Distinctive Facial Phenotype? Which was published in Vision and specifically wants to determine the face of Father Christmas. Now, this is not a very original paper because previous attempts had already been made to depict the face of St. Nicholas, the original person who inspired Santa, the creation of Santa Claus. Uh, But uh, to quote the authors... This is the first attempt or first paper to try to objectively and systematically depict the modern face of uh, Father Christmas. So, mm, modern Santa. (laughs) Uh, And yeah, uh, before we get into the actual results, uh, this paper references quite a few very impactful uh, papers, as you can tell by the name. Uh, Being Santa Claus, the pursuit of recognition in interactive service work. Is Santa Claus an evening owl? Also another very impactful paper, I'm sure. (laughs) So what does this study actually do? In short, the study consisted of downloading some images from Google Google Image Search and analyzing them with an image analysis software. They had three different groups. The test group consisted of Santa Claus images and Father Christmas images that they could find, not cartoon images, uh, but really like any image of a real person dressed up as Santa Claus, I guess. The control group consisted of adult men and elderly bearded men that often might get confused for Santa Claus, I guess. (laughs) And they also had a validation group of exactly who you would expect to be the validation group, Elvis Presley and Elvis Presley impersonators. Uh, I tried to read the paper to understand exactly why Elvis Presley, but didn't really get much further than... A very recognizable face. Adult man. (laughs) (laughs) So that's, that's what we have to go with. And of course, you want to know the results of this paper. And it turns out that Father Christmas does appear to have a very distinctive facial phenotype when compared to adult men and elderly bearded men. Perfect. Yes. 
Now, this paper also co- uh, contains a really interesting paper of the visual reconstruction of St. Nicholas that will definitely add. He uh, definitely looks like a... Santa Elderly, Claus. bearded man, but <laughs> Santa-like? He's very Santa-like. Yes. Yeah, I can see why, why this is uh, the original one. I can see why we needed a paper with the image analysis software for this. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. On to our second uh, science topic then. Um, the gut-wrenching science of Christmas family visits. And uh, this paper comes from the Human Microbiome Journal from Elsevier. And um, did you ever think that your in-laws could affect more than just your mood during the holidays? Well, a study investigated how visiting in-laws during Christmas might just be changing up your gut microbiome. Yeah. I'll let your mom know about this. <laughs> yeah, you're not welcome anymore to Christmas dinner now. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, but yeah, our gut micro- microbiome are apparently in on the family drama. Um, researchers conducted an observational study analyzing fecal samples from volunteers who either spent their Christmas with their own family or with their in-laws. And the results were that uh, participants visiting the in-laws showed a notable decrease in uh, Rumonococcus species, a bacteria often associated with physiological stress and depression. And on the flip side, (laughs) those chilling with their own families also experienced... uh, distinct microbial shifts. Now, I do have to say with this paper, while it was very seriously published with real scientific results in the Elsevier's Human Microbiome Journal, I I have the feeling that the reviewers kind of missed the fact that figure one of the paper is an image of a pooping statue and that figure two contains a Christmas garland to indicate the setup of the study. Um, doesn't take away from the scientific robustness. <laughs> <laughs> and in the introduction, they also reference a South Park episode as one of the reasons of doing this study. So I think it's safe to say that this is not the most serious study ever. The research has been performed and there are results, but it has been suggested that this paper might be a protest against the fact that in the microbiome field, um, papers get published without good critical review. And I... Um, I have the feeling that indeed this paper didn't get reviewed very, very carefully. <laughs> <laughs> was this also the paper that was from my pe- one of my supervisors? Yes. Oh, okay. I could have been on this paper, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, it also contains a very, very long section on limitations of the study that also uh, include a part about how they did ac- did not... Um, score any stress levels of people <laughs> during the holidays which uh, I think would have made the study More better <laughs> I think we could have gotten rid of the pooping statue and added that instead of <laughs> <laughs> Spanish pooping statue oh that adds way more yeah they also referenced uh, another paper um, from Afghanistan I think in their introduction um, and then a person on uh, Papir, which is a website that you can post comments on mm. for papers that you think are maybe not the most robust ever, actually said that in Afghanistan people don't tend to celebrate Christmas. So <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of weird to reference a study about, about that. Yeah. I mean, they could be open-minded <laughs> to the idea, like globalization. <laughs> 
We are very excited to be able to introduce you to our new sponsor, Jenny AI. Not only does Jenny make our podcast possible, it also makes our life as scientists so much easier. Jenny is an all-in-one writing assistant that has everything that we have been missing in other AI tools. Yes, first off, unlike other AI tools, it actually finds accurate information in papers and cites its sources. It does not make things up and only uses real verified information that you can then also check the source of. Second, it's a writing assistant trained for academic papers and helps you write your paper by suggesting the next sentence or the end of your sentence. Or, if you get really stuck, you can ask it to write an entire paragraph, completely removing the writer's block I so often struggle with when I don't know the right words to make my point. It helped me write an introduction to a paper I've been struggling with in half an hour. It even suggests which papers to cite. You can add your own library or search the entire internet for papers. Just type the add symbol to easily add a reference and it gets automatically added to the reference list. And the last thing we absolutely love is that it has an AI chatbot that can see your document and give feedback on how to improve your manuscript. Or you can ask it questions, such as what are the potential therapeutic benefits of dot dot dot, and it will search through the papers for you for the answer. I can only say that my stress level has gone down significantly since I started using Jenny. Check out the free version now at thestrugglingscientist.com slash Jenny. And if you love it, use the code SCIENCE20 for a 20% discount. <laughs> but yeah, no, um, I mean, great paper. I wish I was on it. Yeah. Yeah, you could have been. Well. <laughs> I don't know how my PhD defense would have gone then. But <laughs> I wonder how the PhD defense of this person went. It is funny, though. Yes, for sure. I would have loved to be I a I wonder fly. if it would count as one of your papers that you have to publish for your PhD. It's published. It's published. In like Elsevier. Elsevier, yes. What more do you want? I would take it. And for, from, for your, the rest of your academic career, you can say, like, I put a pooping statue, a Spanish pooping mm. statue on a graphical abstract. Yeah, it's a little worrisome, though, that, that, that you can just get through the review process like this. But this was, like, in 2016 or 17, mm. like, uh, different times. I don't know if were in it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mm. let's move on to the next story, then. So for our next Christmas science topic, it's called Last Christmas, I Gave You Myocardial Infarction. Okay, it's not actually called that. <laughs> <laughs> but it comes to us from the very merry Scandinavian Cardiovascular Journal. First, a little bit of introduction. The Christmas holidays have been associated with the highest incidence of myocardial infarction. Looks like the, the Grinch struck again. And it's, it's apparently reported that on Christmas Eve, there's a 37% higher risk of myocardial infarction than during uh, other periods, a control period. So uh, stuff seems to be happening on those days. For this study, they looked at patients suffering myocardial infarction during the periods of 2018 and 2019 during Christmas uh, and compared them to a control group matched on age and gender that also had chronic coronary syndrome who did not seek medical attention during the, the Christmas period. In total, they managed to get about 189 patients suffering from myocardial infarction on the Christmas Eve, Christmas Day, and Boxing Day, uh, and quite a bit of uh, patients in the control group as well to answer a questionnaire and uh, evaluate what is actually potentially leading to this increased risk of myocardial infarction during the holidays. And it turns out that patients suffering myocardial infarction on Christmas holiday experience higher levels of stress and emotional distress compared to patients with chronic coronary syndrome, possibly contributing to the phenomena of holiday heart attack. 
Zo gestresst. Family. Ja. Yes, oké. The heart attacks from your family. I wonder if the in-laws play, if it's in-laws versus... Uh, <laughs> we got my career to change uh, and then, yeah, yeah, everything just goes down from there. We need to correct for family size as well, whether or not the, the family members have kids, how old they are, you know, yeah. <laughs> okay. Our uh, next scientific topic brings us to the secret life of snowflakes. They have um, life? <laughs> Yes, they live a lot, actually. Um, first, just to set the record straight, what we commonly call a snowflake is actually a cluster of snow crystals. Um, and then each snow crystal is a single beautifully structured ice crystal where the water molecules align in the uh, really nicely ordered hexagonal patterns. And those ones are the ones that you often see in Christmas ornaments or the one that you draw. And a collection of these snow crystals together form this really puffy, nice uh, snowball snowflake now the snow crystals start as water and then drop to the earth um, and while they're falling they're really artists at work because each crystal arm is shaped by the unique atmospheric conditions it goes through and temperature and humidity are subtly influencing the crystal's growth and as it descends to the earth it might begin growing its arm in one pattern but then suddenly a slight shift in its environment prompts a change in the design Um, despite these changes, the hexagonal form with the six arms remains constant, which shows uh, how nature prefers symmetry. And while the snowflakes falls to the crowd, each arm experiences the same min minute changes in temperature and humidity at the same time, which means that they are really nicely symmetrically formed. And all the arms are identical in structure. However, here's the interesting part. The precise path of each snowflake crystal through the clouds is unique. No two paths are the same which means that no two snow crystals are identical. And each one is un a unique masterpiece shaped by the whims of the weather. So next time you catch a snowflake, remember you're not just holding a tiny speck of ice, you're holding a one-of-a-kind natural sculpture. They are slowly trying to kill us with global warming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Grinch strikes think, again. <laughs> I don't think snowflakes, snow crystals have anything to do with that. The Grinch strikes again. On to our next scientific topic then. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. <laughs> the reason I call it this, uh, this way is because it's a scientific topic brought to us by the British Journal of Medicine, Christmas edition 2015. And in this study, they had participants who were scanned in an MRI or fMRI, functional MRI, while watching a series of nearly 100 images through video goggles. Some of these images were associated with what we would call Typical Yuletide or Christmas season, like sleighs or evergreen trees or string lights, jingle bells, etc. While others were distinctly not affiliated with the Yuletide spirit, sort of like, I guess, a car or coffee or something like that. And the images were displayed for a few seconds, alternated and shuffled periodically in alternating sequence and blocks of time. So people didn't really have an idea of like, oh, I'm only seeing Christmas stuff. Uh, and the participants were then informed that different images would be presented and had no idea what anything that they were seeing were associated with, with the holidays in general. Uh, and then the researchers compared the brain imaging between the different groups through activation cluster comparison and MRI data. And what they found was that after analyzing all, the, uh, all their brain uh, activity and stuff like that, that there is a specific pathway or specific, yeah, activation pattern that seems to associate with, with Christmas. 
So the fMRI scan showed an increased brain activity in the primary visual cortex of both groups when viewing holiday images compared with everyday images, so more activity when seeing every, uh, holiday images. And the group who regularly celebrated the holidays had significant increase in neural activations in the primary somatosensory cortex when the images of had a seasonal theme to them. Okay. So your brain knows that it's Christmas. Yes. And if you're someone who really likes to celebrate Christmas and the, the holidays a lot, then your brain is even more active. <laughs> so, yeah. There is a Christmas feeling out there. It's real. <laughs> So that brings us to the end of our very, very Merry Christmas special. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And for our listeners, if you have any questions, suggestions, or comments, you can reach out to us via our website, thestrugglingscience.com. Um, you can also check out our website to sign up for the awesome Journal of the Struggling Scientist, aka our newsletter. And we also have some really, really cool merch. So please check it out and support our um, podcast. And if you have enjoyed this episode, then leave us a rating on your favorite podcast listening platform as it helps us grow and reach more struggling scientists out there. You can also follow us on social media. Jaron, switch one Sardos again. X, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you again next time. Bye. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. <laughs>